step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I'm just going to open the show, and I'm just going to play that song in its entirety. I'm going to pay for the rights to it. I'm going to pay for the buy the song in its entirety. I'm going to just play it, and you're you're all going to enjoy. What, what do you think about that, Calvin? Do we have to pay for the rights to it? I don't because, know. Probably, uh, probably not. We could probably get away with, with yeah. it one time, but you never know. Somebody might be listening and come after us, and then we're out out thousands of dollars instead of whatever it might cost fifty bucks to play it once. Who knows? Well, you have me worried because we've we've played this instrumental beginning every week. And well, no, don't don't worry about that because there are laws that allow you to play uh, certain clips of of pretty much anything as long as you don't exceed a a certain amount of time. So I think we that's why we loop it there after about thirty seconds. We cut it at thirty and we loop it again, and so it's just like you're you're not hearing the actual song. You're just hearing a, a portion of it, which is legal. Huh. Look at you, Matthew Uri, attorney at law. Attorney at law. This I could to- be totally bullshitting everyone right now and talking out of my ass. Who knows? But you know what? That's what the uh, the man in the subject of our first topic pretty much does his enti- in his entire life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. My name is Matt Rory, and that, of course, is Calvin Chamberlain. And uh, we lead off tonight not with a Celtics topic, as we like to do on this show, we will not be talking about the Celtics topics? tonight. No, there are not really any Celtics topics. It's dull. It's it's dead. The NBA is dead right now. It's boring. But we don't leave it with, with the Lakers. The Lakers no. uh, signed that E. Uh, e. I can't even pronounce his name. Chandler? Oh, Jean Leon. Yeah. E. E. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He. Gu- I, he I hear that he guards that. chairs pretty well, Calvin. Yeah, he destroys chairs. Anything you could sit down on, forget about it. Yep, he's good. He's good at playing basketball yeah. against chairs. But we'll yeah, see if he but Paul Pierce and I wish him. Time. So, <laughs> I turn it around. And... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he can't defend that type of chair. Perhaps he can. Though. Any, anyway, <laughs> I, I already derailed anyway. the show. No, you're not derailing, you're not derailing anything, but no that's not it's a non story that you prove my point. The NBA is dead right now. If if E is the largest story in the NBA, then uh it's not 
it's not worth talking about. But instead, the Olympics just ended, and uh, we're going to talk about one of the most prominent men's U.S. swimmers right now just making a total ass of himself again. This guy, Calvin, tell me, is there is there ever has there ever been an Olympian that is less intelligent than this man, Ryan Lochte? Do you I, know of one? I, really, I, I, I doubt it. I don't know if, if you uh, a, a purveyor of reality TV, something tells me or not. I am not, but have you, have you ever heard of the reality TV show that, that Ryan Lochte did a couple years ago called What Would Ryan Lochte Do? As a matter of fact, uh, I looked this up the other night because I was talking about it with my girlfriend, and we decided to, to see some of the clips from that show. And we saw like one or two clips, but she's going to try and find it and watch it now because she loves that reality TV stuff, you know, Bachelor, Bachelorette-esque, all that crap. She's watching yeah. that. And so now she's going to try and find Ryan Lochte's show. And you know what? I might tune in. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of reality TV, but I, I don't remember if I either stumbled across it a couple of times or, you know, stumbled across some sort of soup version of just seeing clips from it. But uh, essentially, Ryan Lochte, even before this incident, he might be one of the dumbest people alive. Absolutely. He, and that reality show, he's destroying Jessica Simpson in terms of, like, lack of intelligence, pretty dumb things. He, he and his uh, friends, uh, I can't remember what the name of it, they had a stupid name, Salak Garage or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they tried to coin the catchphrase, yeah. Yep. And he would wear a shirt. J-E-A-H. Yeah. yeah. That's what he tries to make it sound yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 boy. It is disgusting. Yeah. Even though I say yeah, I don't think I don't say yeah there. I just say yeah. So this guy, oh shoot, great. See, you know, can I can I just explain? Can I just explain yeah? Because I actually just googled dumbest Ryan Lochte quotes, and there's a wonderful article on phillymag.com that I'm going to read from right now. It's spelled J-E-A-H. If you say it like how it's spelled, it's Gia, but that's boring. No one wants to hear that. So you have to really put that emphasis. Actually, I'm sorry. This is how he said it. So you have to really put that emphasis on that J, and then the A-H kind of just flows. Emphasis. Make sure you put that emphasis on the J when you say Gia. Gia! Like that? I don't know if I'm doing it right. I wish Ryan Lochte was here. So, not that I endorse this politically, but I just accidentally kicked over my roommate's bomb, which was on the floor. Uh-oh. Now, I have water on my carpet, and I'm not happy about it. That's probably not the, the, the most fragrant, fragrant thing that you could have spilled on the carpet. Yeah. You just reminded me that I have... Anyway. Uh, or get some Febreze or something. Yeah. Don't have that here. But I do have this carpet stuff. It's Long Island linen flavored. In any case, yeah. So Lochte, really dumb person already. Okay? 
goes to the Olympics, you know, I guess he's like our second most uh, decorated swimmer behind, uh, third most really, right? If you can throw the decky in there, but uh, behind Phelps. We all know, nobody has thought about Lockheed. That show came out, what, like four years ago, three, four years ago? Nobody has given Ryan Lockheed another thought. And he probably just fade into obscurity as another, another one of those, you know, C-list celebrities. Because really, who cares about right. them, right? Outside locked in his locktorage. Yeah. He, he would have faded from memory. Instead, well, he'll be known for all time, really, as the guy who made up a story about him, about he and his friends being robbed. It, the story in which, it, as it turns out, uh, he and his friends kicked in a bathroom, peed all over a gas station. Uh, they may or may not have got a gun pulled on them by security, but definitely security accosted them. And then they left, right? So Lochte goes home. Well, in his in his defense, he apparently can't control himself when he has to urinate because one time on that reality show, he told a story about how he just started peeing in his speedo when he was up to race in the next heat because he was he was on the blocks and he just started peeing. So maybe he just had to really pee all over the walls down there in Rio. Yeah. Do you do you think I'm I'm sure it happens, right? Do you, do you think anyone's ever peed in the pool during an Olympic swimming event? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, but not like on the blocks, I guess. Wouldn't you wait until you got into the pool? I don't know. Definitely, definitely wait until you get into the pool. Well, here's, a, here's a, the, the opposite question, though. Is, does, do you think that's affecting your time? That's slowing you down just a little bit. Maybe, or maybe it speeds you up a, a little bit because you're, you're being having a little bit of a thrust action. I don't know which way you're pointed. I mean, I, I, I hate to be. <laughs> oh, urine jokes. This show is great. Yeah. Yeah, this is what our show is tonight because it's August and nobody cares about this. In any, in any case. Uh, so, Lochte, here's the thing. I don't know if I have if it's sympathy, sympathy that I have for Lochte, but it's I, I don't really have sympathy for him, but I, I guess I can sort of understand where he's coming from because he didn't—he didn't like come right out and immediately just tell everyone he was robbed. What happened was is that he told his mom that he was robbed. And like I could—I don't—I don't know. I just know a lot of people who like something happens to them and something did happen to them, and like like it's somewhat of a boring story. And he thinks, you know what? I'll just—I'll add—I'll add in all these extra elements to my mom. And, and tell my mom this, this uh, story of what happened to me in Brazil. And what and what's the harm? You know what I mean? It'll be a cool story. Uh, maybe I'll I'll tell my friends. But he so he tells his mom, and then immediately his mom alerts the media. Of right, happened. and th- this is where this is where the the problem is. This is where he becomes back into being the, one of the dumbest people in the United States of America. I'm convinced because fine, you can elaborate that stuff to your mom, and Maybe she does go to the authorities, but how do you stand in front of a camera on live television on M- NBC and tell the same story to a, a reporter from Good Morning America or wherever that whichever morning show had him on that day that he started telling the story? How do you do it? How do you do that? That to me is like yeah. what, at that point you got to back off and say, listen, there was a misunderstanding. I was just talking to my mom about it. It's not it's it's not as big of a deal as I let on to her. 
just drop the whole thing. It's not, it, and then it, maybe talk to the authorities yourself, you know, and say, don't, don't worry about it. But he just got himself in a big mess of trouble and got his swimming teammates in a even bigger mess of trouble because they got pulled off a plane after he had already gone back to the United States. So he, he fled Brazil after this incident and the rest of them were left behind having to pay their way out of the country, which is a, it's a shame, but you know what? Bottom line is they got brought to justice because these idiots were defacing property down there and trying to break things. I don't know what got into them. Maybe the, uh, the special booze down in Brazil, they couldn't handle it or something. All those Bud Lights. Do you see where uh, the head of the NFC made a statement about how, like, these are just kids. It's no big deal. Like, they're just trying to have fun. Like, and then, and then, that, and then that guy, like, just took a boatload of crap for making that statement. I, you know, I don't want to say, like, this They're this just kids. Ryan Lochte is 32 years old. I yeah. love to think of myself as a, as a large adult child, and I, like, there are probably many aspects of my life where other people believe that as well, but... You don't I don't call me don't call me a kid. I'm not a kid. I'm a grown ass man. I stand I can own up to, for the things that I say and do. You know what I'm saying? I I do know what you're saying, but but just just play devil's advocate here because otherwise the show would be boring. Uh, I'm not I, I I agree with you. He's not a kid. He's a grown ass man. He's responsible for for what he does. Uh, at the point in which he filed a police report, then then yeah. Uh, you, you're probably going to get in trouble for that, and, and justifiably so. But up until that point, like even at the point where, he, where he's like talking to Matt Lauer in the Good Morning America version, his mom tells the media story, a story, and he just goes along with it. From from his perspective, it's like he wasn't actually robbed. He's not. He's not like fingering anybody. He he's technically not getting anyone in trouble, unless you want to say he's getting the nation of Brazil in trouble by making them look bad. I think that's. That's why. That's why police are even after him in this situation. Well, there were reports that uh, people in Brazil were not uh, not happy with him, and in the in the United States in general, just because of the the way that it was going to make people view Brazil. And you know what? I I agree in that regard because there are robberies that happen down there that people do or actually don't find about find out about. And he is sort of making a mockery of it in this in this way, even if he didn't mean it to be that that it, it becomes a mockery because it's not it's not real it's like chicken little you know what I'm, you know what i mean it's the sky is falling type of thing and it's it's not happening uh to him and people are actually drawn away from the the real problems that are happening down there the actual robberies that are happening because they're focused on this this bs story from a total moron of a person just yeah, but that, a big dumb idiot but that plays into my point, which is like, that's what Brazil's trying to argue that they're not that bad. Look, no, nobody actually got robbed. Like, okay, Ryan Lucky didn't get robbed. Your country is still a place where people are getting robbed all the time. Like, it seems to me like a subtle, a subtle like difference to be like, well, this this celebrity uh, surrounded by security at an at Olympic event, where you know police have cleared out the city and. And if somebody if somebody robs Ryan Lochte, there's going to be hell to pay. But okay, fine. Ryan Lochte didn't get robbed. Great. But like, if you're in Brazil, and most of the time, or if you're a native Brazilian, you're a hundred times more likely to be robbed. Brazil, like Brazil, being 
you know, the the jilted uh, girlfriend protecting her honor, it's just a weird, it's, it's a weird stance, for, in my opinion, for Brazil to take. I, I get why, like, they didn't want to, you know, they caught him in the lie, but just the defensiveness overall of, like, you know, you didn't get robbed. That's funny, but, like, aren't people getting robbed every day in that nation? All right, Avery, are you muted? Am I muted? Still here. Great. Well, we reached the portion of our show where the Ray Audio Mystery Hour is taking place. Hopefully, he'll pop back in soon. In the meantime, I will just continue on with a further point. So, okay, Lochte, what is he doing? He's, in a way, you can argue he's bringing attention to an issue that you know needs attention brought to it, even though he's doing it in a fraudulent manner. I'm not saying that Ryan Lochte is an American hero. I'm just saying he's just, you know, a general here. Not a hero for the U.S., but a hero for bringing, bringing this cause to all of our attention, this cause of people getting robbed and what we can do about it, and the reverse cause of Americans being douches in other countries, and what can we do about that? You know, Keith the Ugly American going to Brazil, peeing all over a gas station, kicking a door in and only giving uh, the, the gas station owner $51. Can't we get more money out of Brian Lockheed to pay this guy? Like, can we shame him into, into giving up some more of his money? I know he lost those sponsorship deals. But it's really like, like Speedo, what are, you, what are you losing by backing this guy at this point? I understand the Olympics are over. Like, you probably don't even need to have Ryan Lockheed, so maybe you lose him anyway. Hopefully I'm talking for a reason because I have no idea if this is being recorded or not. Um, I suppose I should look see if Ray sent me a message. Uh, yep, so uh, apparently Ray's having headset issues. I'm still currently fine. In any case, uh, the, the point about uh, Lochte to me is that, that, yeah, he did an extremely stupid thing I just don't I don't see it as bad as some people do. Like I don't see it as this horrible crime. I see it as, you know, him being incompetent, him being a jerk. My favorite part of the entire situation though is the fact that he goes on Matt Lauer. First of all, so he and these guys obviously he decided without without asking these guys if he could tell this lie, all right? He tells his mom, it gets out to the media, he just starts doing a media tour. So he this is how dumb he is. He follows that media tour up which, like, telling the story about how he's getting robbed and the, the robbers made all the other guys lay on the ground and take their money, and Ryan Lochte was the one hero who stood up and he said, I didn't do anything wrong. You can't take my money. And then the guy put the, the, the gun in his face and he just said whatever and handed over his money. Like, that's what you do when someone points a gun at you. But the bigger point is, is, like, if you expect someone to go along with their lie, you have to, like, do something to make them look good in the lie situation. Otherwise, it just comes across... Like, it just, like, makes them look even worse. I don't understand why they would support your random lie, especially if you didn't talk to them about it in, in the first place. Larry, I'm running out of things to say about this Lockheed situation, so hopefully you'll be back soon. Uh, I'll start to go pee, strangely. So in, in any case, I think that exhausts most of my thoughts on Lockheed. I, I think he, like I said, he lost all the sponsors today. I think he would have lost those sponsors anyway. It just sort of gives ESPN a headline in this slow news time. Not that big of a deal, right? Like, 
what is Ryan? Let's say this never happens, and Ryan Lochte just has his, you know, three gold medals. He's not even Michael Phelps, who you can argue is a decorated guy who, you know, uh, maybe he transcends because he looks a little bit like Eli Manning, and people are going to remember who he is. Lochte, like nobody's going to remember who this guy is, no matter what. And well, now they are going to remember who he is. If anything, the sponsors should be coming to him now. You know, like maybe vitamin water should should come to him and be like, you know. Uh, Ryan Lockie drinks vitamin water now, and therefore his urine is, is he, he's clean, he's a clean athlete. Or uh, what are those those home uh, invasion places where like it's always a, it's like it's like a white guy with a beard like coming into coming to break into your home, but the alarm sounds like Ryan Lockie could be the the white guy trying to break into your home. Uh, maybe he like he he and the three other swimmers just knock on your door and they they they're trying to get in. They really have to use the bathroom. They're they're kicking it in. They're peeing all over your lawn. But luckily you have all safe. And so you call you call them. An alarm rings. Uh, a technician is alerted. Somebody comes to your home within three minutes. And Ryan Lochte and his friends are scared away, and you're safe, safe at last. All right, well, this concludes the Ryan Lochte segment of Careless Whispers. Now I'll, I'll move on to uh, Michael Phelps and my Michael Phelps rant. I don't really have – it's not it's not that I have a problem with Michael Phelps, although I have somewhat of a problem with it, – it's really the, the media and the way they're covering this guy. Okay, Michael Phelps has more Olympic medals than any uh, other athlete of, of all time, right? He has, what, 24 medals, and the next guy is like 12 or something. So – Good for you, Phelps. That's great. It's an accomplishment. Uh, no disrespect. But this notion that this makes him, like, the greatest or even one of the greatest Olympic athletes of all time, is it's ludicrous to me because Michael Phelps, like, first, first of all, swimming is something, it's a redundant sport. Like, you do the 100-meter butterfly, you do the 100-meter freestyle, you do the 100-meter backstroke. All of those are just different, different versions of 100-meter swimming. There's no basketball game. They don't play like a 48-minute game of basketball, a 42-minute game of basketball, uh, a 24-minute game, one-on-one, three-on-three. Otherwise, maybe Carmelo Anthony would have, you know, six gold medals in this Olympics instead of just the one opportunity he has to win a gold medal. All right? Yeah, he, he helps and Katie Ledecky have such an opportunity to do what they do, the same thing that they're doing in every other situation with slight variances that don't exist in other sports. There, there's no, like, even fencing. There's no, like, one-handed fencing, two-handed fencing. There's, there's not, like, you know, feet archery or, you know, uh, archery from 50 meters, archery from 100 meters. There's no soccer on a giant soccer field, so, you know, indoor soccer. There's no Chuck E. Cheese soccer. Swimming is a, an event that's designed to build up medals for a specific person who's dominant at that at, at that sport. And I understand that's fine, good for Phelps. You know, I like gold medals for the United States, but that doesn't make him the greatest Olympian of all time. In fact, I, I think for you, if you have to rate Olympians, you need what you need to do is like look at someone's dominance in their sport and how they compare to other athletes in their sport. Like, Ledecky and Bolt, to me, have such a better argument. I just heard very brief, so hopefully that means he's here. Well, yeah, there's such a better argument for, like, a Ledecky who, who you know, won her events by basically lapping the field. And Usain, Usain Bolt, who's, like, still, he's, like, running and laughing and, you know, doing handstands on, on the way to, to uh, winning the 100 and 200 dash. And, you know, as a man in his 30s, 
than there is to support the argument that Phelps is the greatest of all time when he's squeezing out wins uh, in, in not nearly as dominant. And I don't even know. Like maybe the maybe the greatest of all time is is that Russian you know athlete who uh, that Russian wrestler who didn't lose for like 30 years. Maybe he's that that guy. Like uh, why why is Phelps like a better Olympic athlete than that dude? Maria, thoughts? If you're here, you're still not here. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, where he's giving Mad Dog, are you there? Give me some yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm filibustering because uh, Rory's having some technical issues, so I'm just rambling on about things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have a lot of good points in there. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to respond to anything. Give me what you got. I'll. I'll. I'll respond to whatever Gentlemen, you have, I actually wanted to switch it because this is I I don't know I don't know if you were gonna get get into to this specific Olympic. Hang topic. on, can you hear me right now? Yeah. Right. Oh wow, what a what a disaster! What a what a great I just you know what I'm gonna blame this on the new Windows or something. I just had to just close my browser and restart the thing because my headset popped out and it it wouldn't register the microphone. So let's just log this episode in the uh, the technical difficulties folder, all right? And nobody ever listened to it again, except for this segment that Mad Dog is going to enlighten us on. Calvin, I heard basically everything you said on Ryan Lochte, and I think we should just leave it at that. And um, I don't really care about Phelps, so you got your rant out, and that's good. Mad Dog, welcome to the show. I'm back, bitches. And how are you tonight? I am doing fantastic. It's a fant- it, it, um, it's a fantastic night up here, and um, and, and 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 I just wanted to call in and talk a little bit uh, 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 about the Olympics. But I want to get into an issue here that I I have heard from Stephen A. Smith, um, Wojo, and uh, um, Pat Forty, and, and um, the, as you know, that this is Mike Shashetsky's last. Um, Go around um, with the uh, with the Olympics, and this has sort of been um, been getting to me a, a little bit. And that um, that Stephen A. Smith recently said on on ESPN First Take that 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 Mike Shashevsky should not have been allowed to coach for three straight three three three, three straight um, Olympics because it's quote unquote an infomercial for 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 Duke. And that this helps so so much with with, with recruiting in that uh, all it, of this stop. stuff. Yeah, Mad Dog. It, I I know I love I love the crusade that you're on right now. I'm not going to yeah. agree with with Ford. I'm on your side here, buddy. So I'm, I, we don't. I don't think we need to go on this crusade. I di- I do no, see where no. you're coming from though. If they if they think that Shashevsky is the best coach to lead Team Team USA and and that's the guy that they want. Then that's fine with me. I don't think this is this is about Duke getting recruits or and just being better or having an edge as far as recruiting is concerned. I'm with you on that one, and it's pretty rare that I defend those Blue Devils. All right, so take well, this one and, well, and put it in but, your back pocket. But, but but the thing 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 here is is that is that I, I wanted to get um I I wanted to get Calvin's opinion on this because this has been this has been been thrown around, and he said today that, and I agree, a coach that went 88 and one during these during these games versus 11 and six um, 
through I believe it was two it was two thousand and two thousand and four in these same in these same same games. Um but I would just sort of um like um Calvin's um opinion on this and to see what he he thinks of this ludicrous um ness that's been going on. So yeah, I mean there's there's a couple of ways yeah, I don't agree with the notion, but I, I would like to know like, so Stephen A. Smith's argument is that no college coach should be coaching the Olympic team. It should only be a professional. It should only be Greg Popovich. Because couldn't you hypothetically make the argument then that, that Popovich, as you know, future uh, head coach of the, the U.S. Olympic basketball team, does, doesn't that give the Spurs a, a heads up in free agency? Because you don't want to, you you don't want to, uh, you know, play for the guy who's going to choose the, the team that goes to the Olympics. If you're a borderline Olympian. Maybe that pushes you slightly to the Spurs. But, uh, but apparently Stephen A. Smith doesn't have a problem with that. Look, any coach who coaches the U.S. basketball team is going to get you know, somewhat of a bump out of that. It, in the case of Krzyzewski, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a bump because uh, I, I think that the, the visibility of the national team – look, is the fact that every player on the national team is a celebrity, essentially. Uh, I, I think that, that you know, Krzyzewski is – because he's not one of those superstar players, his visibility level is is waiting. And because he's not a particularly vocal coach, like he's not the guy who's on the sidelines screaming the entire time. I don't think the camera is really focusing on that much in the game. Obviously, people know he's the head coach, and that again, that that's uh, good. I'm sure it's not bad for Duke's friends. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. But the idea that it's giving him some huge recruiting advantage in college, I. I find that to be unlikely. And even even if it is, it's like that that advantage that exists is going to have to go to someone. So is this problem that that has been the coach for so long, or is a is a problem just that somebody was a college coach? In the first no, no. Um, the, w- w- well, what the argument was is that is that you have all of these pe- pe- people like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and um, all of these pe- pe- people coming out in saying very, very very nice things and what, and what all these people that and this is and this is wojo and and everything that that um there are some people that actually believe that and this is completely ludicrous and asinine that he that he took the job just for this reason is to become more attractive is to is to um is to is to build the Duke program and and I think it speaks for 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 itself. He's won over a thousand games and, and five national championships. He doesn't need um, the U.S. team to be able to to, to recruit. I, I just think that this is a ridiculous notion. Well, plus that's also not factoring in. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rick. I, no, I, I was just going to say I agree that it's, it's completely ridiculous because you know what? When it comes down to this this. Uh, type of thing, the Olympics, it's mostly amateur athletes that go to represent their country. And I mean, over the years, people in other countries have wanted to see the best basketball players out there, which is why they started introducing the dream team in the first place. So honestly, if you think that a guy is the best coach, it just send him out there as well. And as, as far as him taking the job is concerned and being unethical or whatever it may be and, and thinking that that's the reason for it, that's outrageous and outlandish and disrespectful because a lot of people, and I'm going to put on my patriotism hat here, a lot of people would relish the fact that, that 
they could go to the Olympics and represent their country as the men's basketball coach. You think that he is just taking it for granted and saying, oh, well, now I'm going to my day job is going to be so much better and I'm going to make my life so much better. No, I, I think that he goes there with the idea that he's going, going to be not only representing the country, but you know what? He gets to coach the best basketball players in the world for the most part. Obviously, a couple guys in the NBA that are better than some on the team were not there this year. But he gets to coach the best basketball players in the world, and he has coached them to try and play together as a team. And you can see that he's dedicated to the team. And honestly, if he's putting on a show, he's a damn good actor because – uh, it's he just he, he's he's what embodies an American going to the Olympics. There are many examples of, of this Olympics of people that really embody what this nation is supposed to be about. And honestly, Coach K is one of those people because when the team was playing like crap and they were just going around doing this one-on-one stuff, he was very serious, straight-faced. He was not taking it lightly. He said that they were having too much fun. He wanted it to be a little bit more serious, and he just wanted them to work hard and, and be the best that they could be. So there we go. Patriotism hat off to you, Mike Krzyzewski. Congratulations. Screw everyone else that says you did this for the wrong reasons because that seems ridiculous to me. In the, in yeah. the spirit of the Olympics, Stephen A. Smith, give me a break. Somebody cut this guy's yes, tongue and out. I and I completely agree, Rory, and I'll leave you with this. I mean – I mean, this is just, this is just what it comes down to. It, 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 it comes down to to a lot of people out there hating hating Duke and trying to find every little little thing. The guy has represented the country oh, with, with 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 class and integrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some people worry worry. Unlike you, are completely unreasonable. They, I, I mean, this entire thing has got me fired fired up, and that and that people can come out and say and say this about somebody and and the guy has has represented this country with, with, with nothing but in integrity he, he he's gone out there and led, and led this team to it to an 88 and one record and, and and it's been a tremendous ambassador and and to think that he's just doing this just, just because he, he he coaches duke is is completely asinine and is completely just one of the stupidest things I, and I swear that this could be this could be just trolling and stuff in the media. I don't know what it is, but this is the this has really got has gotten me fired up over the last um, um, couple days. But um, but I'll, I'll leave you guys with this hats off to Coach K in the in the United States men's um, basketball team for winning another another gold gold medal and. Um, and Mike Krzyzewski should just tell tell everybody in, in Guns N' Roses terms out there to 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 um get in the ring because because there they, there are a lot of haters out there and there's a lot of stuff that's and theories that are being throw, uh, thrown around that are coming from from blind hate and just and just a, a pure not nonsensical perspective. But guys, I'm great show. I'm glad you guys are back on the air, and um and um have a great night, guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, if, let me let me ask you this question: If Mike Krzyzewski has been the, the Olympic head coach for twelve years now, right? I know three Olympics. Maybe it's not twelve years. Give any idea? Right. 
Probably a little more than that because he had to do some prep for the Olympics, right? So it's probably just a couple of years before that, maybe 14 years, give him 15. Right. It might actually be less than three Olympics can hypothetically. If he starts at one Olympics and ends right now, it could have been eight years. You know what I mean? But Right, but I'm thinking if he was the coach for all three Olympics, then he had the prep work beforehand. I, I don't right. think that they would yeah, have just been like, hey – Coach K, tomorrow you're going to start coaching the Olympic basketball team in the Olympics. Right, no, no, but the Olympics just ended, so there's no years past this Olympics. So I'm thinking maybe probably like 10 years, regardless of what it is. Yeah, whatever. Regardless of what it is. Yeah, the point that I'm making is is how many do – the the proof is in the pudding, right? How how many Olympians are uh, Duke players? Kyrie Irving and that's it, right? Is there anybody else? Right now, I mean, in the past, I, I I don't know if there were any guys on those in the last two teams. I don't I don't believe so. I'd have to look it up, but it, none are standing out. Was Elton Brand? Elton Brand? Like, was a guy like Shane Battier on one of those Olympic teams? Teams? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, the the point is, is he's not exactly like churning out a factory of Olympians over at Duke. You know, like this argument would hold a lot more water if it was Calipari, would it not? Uh, I would I would say yeah probably and even then I would say go screw Stephen A Smith you know because of everything that I just said about this but you're right if it's if you're going through a bunch of superstars and studs then maybe it's a different story but even so I, I feel like Calipari already has this reputation of producing players like that so guys like that are gonna gravitate towards him and he doesn't like Mad Dog said Shashevsky doesn't need this to recruit. He's already got a long resume that can back him up. Calipari is the same way. So regardless of, of Olympic status, I don't think people are going to start to go to Duke more often just because of that. So I, I think it's ridiculous. I'm glad he brought it up. And uh, one more reason to just dump on Stephen A. Smith. But he mentioned Guns N' Roses, and that reminded me we have this clip. What are you singing? Yeah, what are you singing? I'm singing um, I'm the, 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 the – we do a double shot, so 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 I'm singing my first two is going to be Tricky by Run DMC. Nice, yeah. And and I'm going to do um you 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 got to fight for the right to power. Right. No, no Guns and Roses by, there. By okay. One of the best bands of all time, the Beastie no, Boys. No Guns and Roses there. You know what, Calvin? I there's a clip somewhere around here of uh, that Nick put together with Paradise City. Uh, and Mad Dog in it, and if I can find that clip, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it at some point. Um, we never actually got him to sing, did we? Uh, all our, no, all I don't our think we did. Beautiful attempts to get him to sing, we never actually went through with it. Right, he never actually did it on the air, so we don't have that either. Plus, we're a uh, half-assed podcast, so we don't really have much besides ourselves you. around here, anyway. Right? How dare you, Ray? How dare I? Because I am on the I'm on the billing. I'm on the sign. My name is in lights. I can say whatever I want. You can't say what do you want to say? A surly (laughs) co-host. You can say whatever you want, too. But I'm I'm sure it'll be bright and sunshiny. (laughs) What did you say? I was talking over you. (laughs) I said I'm the gatekeeper of this podcast. The gatekeeper. Okay. I protect the listeners from... uh, you saying whatever you want. That's true. That's true. You do back me off quite a bit and then turn me around in a circle and then I have to put my sock in my mouth or something. 
that's not a, right, that's not a phrase. What is next? Yeah. Um, we are Shots going to be discussing mouth. what? Keep your socks out of your mouth. Yeah, keep my socks out of my mouth. That's right. Uh, we are moving right along in this Olympic discussion because you talked about Michael Phelps and I don't, I didn't catch most of, most of it. No, and the Ryan Lochte thing was good. Uh, so we're done with the Olympics. Congratulations to everybody in the United States because we rocked it again as Olympians. Yep. We, all of us collectively as a country sent our vibes to Rio and the United States Came out ahead. Um, it's that time of year now, Calvin. It's it's your favorite time of year, and it's my time to sound like a moron and like I don't know what I'm talking about, and that I'm not prepared for anything. You know what time of year it is? It's the NFL season, everybody. Yay. Anything? Anything's possible. That's right. That's right. Anything goes in the NFL season. Anything goes in the NFL season. You name it. Drugs, rape, violence, guns, murder, all of that stuff. Racing your car down the street. You could probably run into a store and take a bunch of stuff. Thievery. You could cut off a man's hand. You could, you could do whatever you want. If you're in the NFL, you could do whatever you want as long as nobody else sees you do it. Because you won't, go, you won't get punished. That's, that's what I've come to believe in the NFL. And they will pick and choose the stories that they want to put out there. And thus, we are going to have our wonderful NFL season. And we're going to pick some NFL divisional winners tonight. And I'm going to tell you throughout this segment why I hate the NFL. I'm tired of the NFL getting away with everything. All of their players, they're... they're their uh, random acts of violence and just sweeping things under the rug. Who knows what we haven't even heard about, Calvin? The stories aren't all coming up because the NFL, yes, they have their hands on everything, don't they? Don't they? Yes. Yes, they do. (laughs) They do. You got me. Yes, Murray, they do. There's two questions. One, is there a guy cutting off hand story that I don't know about? Because <laughs> no, I'm just I was I was just ra- ra- uh, rambling off random acts of illegality that you may yeah. be able to commit and get away with if you're an NFL player because they certainly don't want to deal with it and they'd rather you look away and see a big name player not in a game because of a equipment violation. That's where the root of all of this is, Calvin. The root of all of this is the hypocrisy behind the NFL's penalty system and their punishment system and the dictator that is Roger Goodell, even though he's backed by the owners. Yes, I understand that point. Straw man in the corner over there. The point is, I'm tired of the NFL getting bigger. I'm tired of them uh, not looking at things that matter. Like the concussion thing, I feel like they're just pushing it aside. They're putting all this money towards it, but where is the research going? What are they doing? They changed little dinky rules, and they they worry about ticket sales and where the next big stadium is going to go. How is Los Angeles looking, by the way? Who cares? It's going to be a money pit out there. That team's going to stink, and you know it. 
man, don't get me started. Look, I don't, how do you get me started on the Rams? I wanted to make I wanted to make a comment about you saying that uh, NFL players can get away with almost anything as long as nobody sees them. But my question <laughs> you is, doesn't that also apply to everybody? As long as nobody sees you, yeah, I suppose that does apply to everybody. But yeah, stop but poking holes in my said, rant. I was having fun. Yeah, yeah. What what, what is with your outrage? Let me ask you this, because I'm I'm really curious to know what what percentage of of, of this uh, NFL related outrage would exist were it not for the Tom Brady fiasco. Um, probably. Wait, what percentage of my outrage now? Maybe like 60% or 55%. More than a, a little bit less than half of my outrage is resulted of Tom Brady. You know I've always had it out for the NFL and Roger Goodell, even before this deflate gate thing. I've always I've always thought that they handle things in a in a terrible manner. I've always thought that even back to to Ray Rice, I thought that they they got, gave him a bad rap and only after they they bumbled the investigation themselves. So they kind of used him as a scapegoat, not that he needs to be defended because he, he what he did was hideous as well. But uh, I think that they, they kind of threw the book at him in a, in a way that was unprecedented. And then they don't do that for other players. So I just, I feel like that, the, that there's no consistency in, in any of their punishments. And you know what, Calvin, to cross-reference to the NBA right now, People used to criticize the way David Stern handled things and the way that he used to use precedent and uh, old incidents to mold what what his punishment was going to be and what sort of suspensions that he handed down were going to be. But at least he was consistent. Maybe they didn't make, the, the rules didn't make sense to people, and he thought that people thought that they were ticky-tack things as well back in the NBA when, when Stern was running the NBA, and he was suspending people for – leaving the court, et cetera. But at least he had a clear written rule about certain incidents and they followed those rules. The NFL seems like they are writing something down with their right hand and then they're pissing on it and then they're giving it to their left hand and then they're crumpling it up and they're lighting on a fire and then they're writing it again with their left hand and then they're handing it to somebody. They're playing a game of telephone with themselves. It's ridiculous. I'm sick of it. All right. Well, it sounds fun. It sounds like we're ready for some NFL predictions. Great. You don't want to talk about the Rams first? Oh, yeah. I do want to talk about the Rams. Sorry for the echo momentarily. Uh, I'm going to invest him. That's another thing. I could rant on the Rams for 30 seconds, too, if you need me to. Jesus. Who's going to take the Rams? Who's going to take the Rams? Is it going to – Who's going to go to L.A.? Is it going to be the Rams? Is it going to be the Raiders? Is it going to be the Chargers? Who's going to get screwed here? St. Louis, that poor, that poor fan base in St. Louis. Goodbye. I mean, I know it happens, and I, but this is purely about greed and money. This is not about trying to improve a franchise because they're not good or because their fan base is unloyal. This is not about trying – like, the, if the Chargers had moved, people would, would have been pissed. That's the only – game in town. People love that team out there. I mean, and it's all about money. I had a friend who lived in San Diego and he said that they had some of the cheapest prices around. Well, you know what? They're still selling out games when some of the opponents come to town. I understand there are blackouts and all that crap. But the bottom line is this is all about money. The Rams are not going to improve their franchise by moving to Los Angeles except for their bottom line. 
And we'll see if the football team's any good, but you tell me, Calvin. Feel free to, to piggyback on that. Yeah. Um, well, well, first of all, I probably wouldn't cry for, for St. Louis because they stole the team from us. And, like, you can't have both ways there. You I know. know what it's I mean? going back and forth. Yeah. If, if you feel bad for St. Louis, then you also have to say screw St. Louis. I don't care one way or the other. You know what I care about, Ray? I care about going back to 2015. You know, right around right around Christmas time, uh, before it was announced that the Rams were coming to Los Angeles, I could walk walk freely around the city of Los Angeles and uh, its adjacent and neighboring suburbs, and walk around on the streets with with nary a Rams fan in sight, nary a Rams jersey, nary, nary uh, you know dorky white guy with a backwards cap on and a Robert Quinn jersey. Uh, you know how I know you're a fake fan because you're wearing a Robert Quinn jersey. Yeah. Robert Quinn jersey guy, you're the worst. Yeah, no, nobody. Could, I could just walk the streets freely. Now, everybody, all these posers, all these poser L.A. fans, <laughs> oh, 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 I'm just a Rams fan because I'm just an L.A. fan. Now that we've got a team, I'm going to like whatever team we get. I hope, I, I pray to God, I mean, I really don't because I don't want this to happen, but there's a, a huge part of me that hopes that the Chargers are going to end up here next year, which is being talked about as still a huge uh, possibility. And so then all of a sudden all these new Rams fans are going to be hypocrites because we're going to have two teams here, and maybe they'll also have to be Chargers fans. Or maybe some of these well, same that, Chargers fans. Well, isn't that fans the idea is that, that there's definitely going to be another team sharing that stadium, and that's because Kroenke wants more money, and regardless of which team it's going to be, there's going to be a second team. Isn't that the thought of going to L.A. in the first place? Yeah. Exactly right. At least it's not going to be as good as it uh, if it's the Raiders, because at least LA is loaded with Raiders fans, and those people are have been fans of whatever team they are. Look, look, the the guy who's who's now walking around LA, the the 58 year old with the Jack Youngblood jersey, you know, respect to you, buddy. Okay, maybe you were disenchanted when the team left LA in, in you know 1994. And now your team is back, and so you want to you wanna embrace uh, a newfound enthusiasm for your Rams? I'm okay with you. But all the, all the rest of you frontrunners, you're a 24-year-old guy, unless you just moved from St. Louis, get the hell out of here with your Rams. <laughs> get the hell out of here. I don't want to yep. see you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're just like they're an angry mob of orange and blue or whatever, whatever their colors are. I don't know. I'm, I can't be bothered to, to, to even – even not be colorblind when looking at Rams gear. They can't even bother to have my eyes work when I'm coming across people who are wearing Rams gear because it's the worst. It, you know, they're fake, obnoxious fans. Now, now when, they, when I go to the bar and I'm trying to watch a game at the bar, trying to get the Giants game, I'm going to have to deal with, with being overwhelmed by 45 new Rams fans who, uh, at the bar that I go to, have never seen a single Rams fan before in my life. So, the Rams and their fans, I already hate the Rams. I don't even, get, I don't even care about the Rams at all. There are other teams that I hate in the NFL. The Rams have never been on that list. They were immediately already on the list. They're on the list. Well, I'll tell you right now, they don't have LosAngelesRams.com, so how about that? They have – oh, man, they're called – Calvin, they are just TheRams.com. Oh, you don't like TheRams.com? I like that. I I thought it would be LosAngelesRams.com. I went there, and it's a GoDaddy site, so no thank you. Um, it looks like they haven't changed their colors at all. They're they're white and blue or gold and blue like they were in St. Louis. So good luck yeah, with that. Yeah, they're the same. I just, they're they're the just going to be like UCLA. 
How so? Isn't that what UCLA's colors are? No, UCLA's colors are like a teal and a white with like a, a gold oh, I thought they had some gold, the, the, gold in there. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a different blue. Okay, fair enough, yeah, whatever you have to say. Yeah. All right, is that it for our, our, our double rant here on the NFL? Are we actually going to make some picks here? Because yeah, I can't wait to get this over with. <laughs> Look at you. I love your excitement for the NFL. Hey, guys, the NFL season's not coming. Everyone else, everyone else in the world is excited for the NFL. Yeah, that's right. I like to be I like to be the uh the guy that doesn't care about that, you know? Hey, I get it. Look, I've been uh, people have accused me of being the contrarian from time to time. Yeah. I respect that. I'm the contrarian too. Yep. I stand in the corner. I'm not gonna dance with you. I don't wanna sing karaoke unless it's Sugar Hill Gang Rapper's Delight. That's what I'm gonna sing. That's it. Otherwise, screw. No, I'm gonna. I, I would love to play some karaoke and sing some karaoke. You wanna, you wanna go do karaoke tonight, Calvin? No, but uh, next week. Now you just lock this into karaoke next week. We don't have a lot of karaoke next week. <laughs> show, show Make sure you pay for the rights to the song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyone who's listening to this can go to at uh, Green Team Green Truth on Twitter and request uh, the, a song that you'd like Matt Murray to sing next week. <laughs> or perhaps even me. That's right. Maybe Calvin will sing the song. Just tweet me at Team yeah. Truth. I forgot I never gave the phone number. Good thing Mad Dog knows the phone number by now. It's three two three six four two one four eight four. You know what? We actually had a caller earlier that I tried to check on, and they uh, dropped off right when I when we brought Mad Dog on. So I don't know who that was, but if you want to call back, maybe we'll bring you on in the next uh, forty minutes or so. Um. But that's that's fine and and well, great karaoke next week here on Careless Whispers. Uh, do you want the NFC or the AFC first? What do you say? Uh, follow your heart, Barry. Follow my heart. Let's just face it. Let's just face it. Neither neither of us have any. I don't know who I'm going to pick right now. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you told me to follow my heart, so. Uh, I got jokes. I got jokes tonight, ladies and gentlemen. That's the ending music to the show, for those of you that don't actually listen all the way through. Um, let's, I'm going to start with you tonight. I'm going to start with the, with the NFC East. Why don't you lead this one? Okay, I will lead this one. Uh, Rory, coming up uh, in the rear, as they say, at 5-11, uh, and 11, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. Good. I like that. I like the sound of that. You know how much I hate the Eagles because my freshman roommate in college was a huge Eagles fan and he was obnoxious. We all know that story. I just can't stand the Eagles. I want them to, to just be the worst team ever and keep getting the number one draft pick and then keep falling on their face. That's what I want the Eagles to do. I like when people don't like the Eagles because, I mean, maybe, maybe we wouldn't have to get this, this uh, audio clip. But um, have you seen the Big Lebowski? Obviously, but uh, when people don't like the Eagles, I like to reference the the part when he's in the taxi cab and the, the taxi cab driver is playing the Eagles, the band the Eagles, and he's like, "I hate the effing Eagles, man." <laughs> I had never thought of that before. We definitely need to get that clip because yeah. that would go along so well with football season for me. Oh man, yeah. that would be epic. I gotta I gotta figure that out. That would, We'll, yeah. We will find so that. Yes. Yeah. That's, like that's my, my homework for next week. 
when someone references the Eagles in some way. Uh, it's just funny to think that he hates the football team. In, in any case, yeah, the Eagles I, I have going 5-11. and 11. Uh, I think, I don't know what you think about him, but I, I feel like Chip Kelly is kind of a genius, coaching genius. I, I think San Francisco will be better this year. Like, granted, Philadelphia has a pretty good defense, but you know what else they have? They have Sam Bradford. Their offensive line kind of dicey. I don't love their receiving court. What are we talking about? Ryan Matthews? Give me a break with this Eagles team. This team is a joke. Like 9-1-1, it's a joke. Yeah. Philadelphia is a joke. And you know what? I I let you go first because I, I wanted to see if uh, if what I thought actually lined up with reality, which it normally doesn't at this point in, in the uh, non-season here. We're not even halfway through preseason. Well, I guess technically we're halfway through preseason, but uh, I still have not put my, my NFL glasses on yet. I probably won't until October, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, the point is I wanted to see where you were going with this, and just by default, the Eagles are last for me. you got to throw them out there as, as dead in the water. Chip Kelly, a genius, you say. Well, this guy, what has he had, a half, one half-decent season? He beat the Patriots last year. Uh, what, what more can you say? That's all you need to be a genius, right? You beat Bill Belichick. You're a genius. I hope your team goes 4-12. and 12. Sam Bradford. Oh, Sam Bradford. People are looking, they're calling about Sam Bradford. People really are interested in Sam Bradford. We're going to get a a nice first round draft pick for Sam Bradford. Go try and put another picture on a big piece of whiteboard so you can display it for your players. Because you like to use pictures instead of words or hand signals. Dope. Well, you're so so vitriol tonight. I love it. I like this anger coming out of you. Normally, you're just so dispassionate. I like it. Yeah. Makes for a good show, right? It does. Usually, I, I have to be the angry one. Like, think it's old after a while, right? People want to hear the really anger side. That's right. Well, the NFL's here, so you'll probably hear it every week. <laughs> nice. In any case, who do you have in third place? Oh, I thought that would be you because I guess I I'll, we're going to alternate oh, here. Um, okay, no, it, it's fine. No, we sh- we can alternate. That's fine too because I'm just going to sound like a moron anyway because uh, I don't really know much about uh, your division right right over there, buddy. And I'm assuming that pretty much everybody in the division is going to be better from last year because boy was it horrid. It, it just it didn't it didn't look good last year. Um, but I'm actually going to put the Redskins third. And I think that this is probably going to be wrong just because they dumped RG3 and that I think he was a big cloud over their heads. But I just – there's there's something about that team. I, I just feel like they have a hard time putting together two good seasons in a row. And uh, they were the division winners last year. So to me, again, by default – I don't think they're going to have as good of a season, and I'm going to drop them to to seven and nine, and uh, hope that I'm right about your Giants making a little bit of a turnaround here. Yeah, I am going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to be seven and nine. Ah, uh, look, everyone thinks the Cowboys go. Oh, oh, they're the most likely team to go from worst to first because. 
The division is not that I understand the division's competitive. You know who's not that great? It's the Cowboys. Their defense, look, their defense uh, was last in the NFL last year, and that's factoring in uh, the offense as well. You know, the fact that they ran a ball control offense, uh, their defense was still last in the NFL. They're terrible in fourth quarters. You can put it on, oh, Tony Romo wasn't here. But you know what? Tony Romo doesn't play middle linebacker. Cowboys are still going to be bad. Uh, well, maybe not bad, but medi- not, not like as bad as they were last year, bad, but mediocre. And by the way, by the way, who, who, why, who, who thinks that Tony Romo is going to make the season totally healthy? Like, maybe that'll happen, but, like, Tony Romo is like a 37-year-old dude who had back surgery and was out all of last year. Why don't we slow our world with this Cowboys are on the rise narrative that I keep hearing? Because I don't buy it. Um, I don't really buy it either. I'm, I actually have them – uh, also at seven and nine or eight and eight type of thing, and second place here in the in the division. Um, I, I don't trust Romo to be healthy again, and Des Bryant already looks like he's not, might not be ready for the start of the season, right? So the, that team is. I don't think they're going to be anything special, and they, like you said, they were terrible on defense last year. And another thing, Calvin, they were also terrible at home. Uh, as bad as some of these other teams were throughout the league, if you look at teams that had a similar record uh, of the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco was pretty bad. Uh, they were 500 at home. The Chargers were they had the same record, four and 12. They were three and five at home. Dallas went one and seven at home. And to me, losing the last four games of the season as well is just a trend in the wrong direction. So. Well, obviously, they are the candidate to go from worst to first. I don't think they're going to go all the way to first. Uh, and that leads me to your Giants, where you will be able to enlighten the people a little bit more than I will. But to me, the way I look at this Giants team is it looks to me like uh, Eli Manning is really going to have a chance to solidify his legend. His, his brother's gone. He's the only Manning in the league. He's the guy that that people that follow that family are going to look at now. And I think he's going to have a lot of help from Odell Beckham Jr., man. That guy is a stud. And he, to me, he is rising fast, and he's going to take another big step this year. I think you have something exciting, exciting over there. And this is, the, I guess, the one positive spin that I'll put on my NFL talk tonight. Is that I think ODB is going to – is going to have a uh, another great season, and you should be excited and looking forward to to watching him go to work because I think he's a special player. Well, well look, okay, yes, I'm normally I'm I feel like I'm slightly pessimistic on on the Giants, or maybe I'm you know right around where where like most people have them for the start of the season. But this year, I'm optimistic. I, I see, like, all these preseason rankings and, like, predictions, and I don't understand why the Giants aren't getting any love in this case. And the, and the reason I don't understand that is because they they spent a, a billion dollars on defense. They got all kinds of good – which was their main problem last year. The, uh, the Giants were 1-7 last year in games in the, in the final two minutes, and that was almost always uh, – what's it called? Uh, the defense giving up a touchdown at the end of the game because the defense was terrible and it was injured. They got back the injured guys. We have a bunch of new dudes on the defensive line, which already looks awesome. 
I'm not saying they're going to go 13 and three, but I I feel I'm going to say they'll go 10 and six. I don't think that's unreasonable, especially in this division. They have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. I don't understand why they're being picked third. I mean, I also uh, found out that they were, they were the most injured team in the NFL for three straight seasons before this one. So maybe that has to do with Coughlin and the way he works them. Maybe McAdoo will help in that case. But they you know they've also been the victim of bad luck. The Redskins I have slotted right in between the Cowboys and the Giants at you know eight 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 and eight possibly nine and seven. I think that uh, they're due for a slight regression, but not really uh, that much at all. Maybe because I'm somewhat a believer in Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So basically, I think this division is going to be pretty much pretty much flat. I don't think there's going to be that that big swing at the bottom where Dallas is only four and twelve or whatever last year. So I think you guys are going to be flat there in that division. On the other hand, we move to the AFC East where my hometown Patriots reside. And, Calvin, this to me is the most boring division in the National Football League. And that's not hyperbole in my mind. I think that there's nothing to talk about in this division I'd rather discuss the, the, the battle between Minnesota and Green Bay and the NFC North. Uh, I'd rather talk about whether Carolina can repeat the type of season they had last year in the NFC South. I'd rather talk about Los Angeles getting a team in the NFC West. I'd rather talk about who Denver is going to have a quarterback in the AFC West. I'd rather talk about whether Houston is for real whether Indianapolis can bounce back, can Jacksonville and Tennessee actually feel the team? To me, that's a little bit more interesting than this AFC East. And to hit the the AFC North right now, is RG3 going to be the guy in Cleveland can, that, to turn that franchise around? Can he actually stand on his own two feet and, and put a, a good team out there? Or are the heavyweights in that division still going to run things? The AFC East, which is what we're getting out of the way this week, because we always do it first, is the most boring division in the National Football League. It's going to go Pats, Jets, Bills, Dolphins yet again. Maybe the teams move within a game of each other. Maybe the Jets play the Patriots tough. But to me, it's, it just, it's not going to be good football this year. And the Patriots are going to find a way to, to pull it out like they do just about every other year. It's, it, it's, it's getting old. We need some excitement up here in the AFC. Knock them around a little bit. Punch them in the face, in my opinion. How do you like that for an, for, for an AFC East Division preview? You want some excitement, Rory? How about this? How about Pats, Bills, Dolphins, Jets? Is that right? Changing it up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What do you think it's going to be the same as it, as it was last year? Doubt it. Yeah. Do I, do I expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to have another year like he had last year at, at his age and the way he's played throughout his career and the, the negative okay. vibes going on with him and the Jets? I do not. I okay, expect so, the Jets to fall and I expect the Bills to be okay. I think Taylor will be better. I agree with you there. I think the Bills are going to be right there at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think the Dolphins might improve to 7-9. and nine. They will probably stay at 6-10. and 10. The one thing I would say about the Jets is that I give them an edge over those two teams because of coaching. I think Todd Bowles has done an excellent job there, and he will continue to do so. As much as I would love to see the Jets go in the tank, I think that they're they're going to be – that would that would be my one thing to say 
positive about the Jets is that their coaching staff is one of the best in the league, in my opinion. I'm going to take that as a personal personal affront to Rex Ryan. <laughs> that clown, all he's missing is the, the big red nose and the wig. And the, Well, I mean, I guess he doesn't dress up as a clown, obviously. But he's the a The rivalries are reunited then. I know, that. that's going to be great comedy. We should probably make the Bills – I should probably flip it, actually, and put Miami ahead of the Bills because Rex Ryan and his brother – we'll see how long Rob lasts. Do you think Rob makes it to week nine or what? I think Rob will surprise people, man. That's what I think. How do you like that? How do you like that prediction? Yeah, I think when he's not a defensive coordinator, he's probably good at his job. We can focus on something else. <laughs> anyway, um, that's our that's our NF, NFC AFC East division preview for this week. How do you feel? I feel good, man. Uh, we we somehow managed to make it through over an hour of show, and I did not anticipate that happening. Although, well, especially after that little hiccup at the beginning there, where you yeah. ran down on your own for about five minutes. Um, Bro, that was like thirteen minutes. I feel like was it thirteen? No, was, was it really that long? I thought it was. It was oof, a my long, goodness, it was a long time that I had to talk about myself. I didn't. I didn't think it was that long. We can go back and check, but uh, I apologize for that. That okay. was a lot of user error and just frazzled uh, brains is what that was. Me not thinking correctly and just being confused about what the hell was going on and why I could hear you, but I couldn't speak. Um, anyway, next. We have 20 minutes left. We're going to keep going because we have other things to discuss. And they are really fun and exciting. Where's this list? What happened? Oh, um, well, I don't know what you wanted to say about Yasil Puig, but uh, okay. is it just oh, the fact that he, that, he was, that he was basically cut by the Dodgers? Is that, uh, is that it? Well, it was this. It was this. So the Dodgers traded for Josh Reddick, uh, and then they sent you still oh, down good. to the minors. What's that? Sorry, I I was going to say that was that was at the end of the list because we've uh, you had a comment oh, on fantasy football too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get to the fantasy football point. Uh, you know what? Let's save it till next week. I'm already I'm already over it. I can't do more football right now. All right, good. You you beating it out of me with your anti NFL rants. I love it. That's the point. That's yeah. right. Everybody should be playing this all day on loop tomorrow at work. Everybody, all 15 of you. All right, so, yeah, so uh, the Dodgers trade for Josh and Puig down to the minors. Apparently, uh, the – crap. Can you filibuster for a minute? filibuster for a minute. Okay, well, something happened to Calvin. He said crap and walked away. Um, Yasiel Puig was a highly rated prospect for a little while. He, they paid a lot of money to have the right Steven sign this guy, and he I was a good player. No, that's okay. And he recently came under fire for his, his cleats, and uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with his poor performance on the field that led to him being sent down. But uh, Calvin, was it more of an attitude problem or something? I know, I know that he was playing like crap as well. It was, it was apparently an attitude problem. Okay. Uh, all of his teammates hate him. Apparently it has something to do with uh, him not. 
I'm sorry, my mom is at my door doing my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> bring her on. You should bring her on the show. No, I just I uh, I left some cups at her house. She just came by to bring me my cups. So oh, that's so nice. Time. That's so nice. Now, does she listen to the podcast? Because now she's going to hear herself in the background. She does not listen to the podcast. Oh, she maybe she should. We can get another listener. 16. <laughs> we get up to 1-6? One, 1-6, six? One six, baby. No, that's that's just an arbitrary yeah. number. I have no idea. I haven't looked at our numbers in weeks because we I am half-assing it. I'm lazy. Yes, but so am I. And, and anyway... <laughs> What was I with tweaks? Sorry. Wow, this is a disaster. You were just saying that uh, it was an attitude problem. None of his fa- none of his teammates liked him. It wasn't oh, yeah, just yeah. on the field because I mean, even though he was playing like junk, people just didn't like him in in general. Yeah, but the thing is, is like, I don't think it's that he has a bad attitude. I think it's really more like the Manny Ramirez, like sort of oblivious, like do what you want kind of attitude, which is <laughs> what he's had forever, but. <laughs> People are like, oh, now that he's not good, the team's not not handling it. But he he hasn't been terrible this year. He's still been like a slightly above average player. I just there's there's never anything specific about like what makes the seal tweak so terrible, except that he's like not professional or not you know what they want him to be as a baseball player. I I don't know. I, I guess my issue with him is he went he went down to the minors. All right, he. Uh, hit a home run in his first game and he apparently took all the minor league players like out to party after the game and then he put pictures on Instagram and immediately everyone's like uh, you know you see if we doing the wrong thing again look this is why they sent him down I don't understand like what what's wrong with that like there's, there's not a picture of him doing cocaine there's literally like all it is a picture of him smiling and enjoying himself and everyone's worried about him corrupting the minor league players he's hitting 400 down there in the minors right now mashing the hell out of the ball I, you know, I don't think he uh, is what I was hoping he was going to be, but he's he's certainly a player that can help a team. I just understand why the team is going so far out of their way to bury him, and they don't really ever give a specific reason why. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. It seems like the good old boy network is is at it again. You know, it's like That's they're exactly they're trying to squash that. these these foreign players that that play with a flair that most American players don't have, and they're trying to make it this this bland type of baseball again where they're basically militarized or whatever and that's just I think I'm I'm obviously just strawmanning this right now and and putting words in the mouths of the Dodgers executives that have sent him down but um, the point is that from my view there are still a lot of people in baseball that that look that or that feel that way and it's, it's unfortunate because I mean, I don't. I can't really say this for the NFL because I don't really think that they embrace any sort of celebration or whatever. But um, the NBA has certainly embraced any sort of foreign flavor and foreign players that they can bring into the league. They have promotional nights for pretty much every ethnicity you can think of uh, throughout the league throughout the season. So. They they definitely want to bring all walks of life to their game, and they changed the location of their All Star game because of the transgender law situation in North Carolina. So they are very proactive in that regard. The NHL is a is an international game in its own right, 
And while maybe you're not seeing as many Latin American players in the NHL, you're still seeing a lot of foreign players that they celebrate in that league. And to me, it just seems like too many times baseball doesn't get it right as far as that's concerned. They try and squash the, the players that are different as opposed to putting them up on a pedestal with the rest of the league. And it's a shame. Yeah, I agree. I don't really have any other thoughts other than that. But um, thank you for indulging me briefly. And I You're welcome. I, I was hearing some strange noises coming from outside my house here. I don't know what's happening. It sounded like somebody was like, maybe, yelling. Maybe it's Lockie and company. Uh, maybe it's the, the lock garage, yeah. Oh, I think it's my neighbors. They're like yelling in the backyard. Uh, it's It's pretty rare that I've had the windows open recently because it's been so hot, but I've got them open right now. Because there's a nice breeze. Um, all right. So we kind of jumped that one up. We skipped the the, uh, the fantasy thing. Oh, yeah. Conor McGregor. You have any thoughts on him before we end this show? And or uh, did you see SummerSlam two nights ago? Uh, I did. I, I did, but unfortunately I did not see the main event, which I'm assuming that's what you want to talk about, even though I know what happened. So we feel free to discuss well, it. Well, if, if we're uh, going to talk about Conor McGregor, uh, I was just going to briefly compare it to that because th- that seems to be the popular thing to do is compare professional wrestling to uh, actual fighting where people are actually trying to take each other's head off as opposed to doing it by accident. Um, but let's lead with the McGregor thing because I didn't see that fight, but I wished I had because by all accounts, it was one of the best fights in recent memory. And, um, it actually snuck up on me. I didn't even realize that that fight was happening until just like a couple hours prior. And, um, I just didn't see it. I didn't, didn't go out for it or anything like that. And I wished I had when I was looking on Twitter and seeing that it was, it was a good fight. Yeah, it really was an excellent fight. I don't have too much on McGregor. What, <laughs> what I'm wondering is, so McGregor spent all this time before the fight, you know, throwing water bottles at Diaz, uh, just talking all kinds of epic levels of trash at him. Uh, they have this fight in which McGregor, you know, barely squeezes out a majority decision. Um, there, there are people who had issues with the decision. I didn't. I thought McGregor won three to two. Uh, so I would score, you know, 49-48, or 48-47, rather, if you want to go by technical scores. Um so I didn't have a problem with that, but my, my question to you is, like, if you run your mouth that much, do you think that, like, squeezing out a decision over a guy who's already choked you out once, is it, it's like, should he be quiet from now on, or would you rather see the, the McGregor who we've already been seeing, you know, continue at the same level at which he was going? Well, honestly, I, I don't think he should be quiet until that third one happens. He went into the fight saying there was going to be a third one, and when I saw that quote... Uh, and I sort of thought to, my, to myself, well, wait a minute, buddy. Like, I love your confidence, but uh, you got to get there first. You got to you gotta put the top on that pie. You got to bake that pie before it's done, bro, before you can say that it's done. I'll tell you that much. It may be delicious, but you got to put it in the oven first. You got to win that match. You got to win that fight against Nate Diaz. And he went out and did it. So good for him for backing up his talk and – just really taking it to him. But like you said, he squeaked it out. So he can still talk some more until the third one happens. 
And then if he doesn't win that one, I think people are going to have enough of him. And maybe at that point, he'll go somewhere that will embrace him running his mouth and being on the microphone. Uh, and that place would be the WWE, of course. Correct me if I'm, I heard wrong, but did you just say you got to hop on that pie? I, hop on that pie? I, I thought you said you, you got to hop on that pie. You have to put the top on the pie. Oh, but you meant like hop, hop on the pie. No, no. Like oh. like when you're making okay. a pie, you put the filling in the crust, and then, I mean, some pies you just put right in the oven, but other pies you put the crust on top. And you never just, made a pie. You never made a pie. So, I maybe I, no. you should. I suggest you make a pie someday, Calvin. It's very well, liberating. I, mean, I've made a, I made a pie that you just put in the oven, but I yeah, I've never made a, a real pie. In any case. Uh, let me ask one more question in regards to McGregor. I mean, in back to his trash talk. So after the fight, uh, I saw the fight with some friends of mine. Uh, these guys are all actually wrestlers, ironically. So we're going to tie it back to wrestling a little bit here. Uh, they didn't like the fact that after the fight, McGregor and Diaz, after talking so much trash to each other, were sort of hugging, and you saw them like in each other's ears for a minute and giving each other a pat on the back. My friend was like, you know, you're, you're throwing bottles at him, he, the entire thing seemed fake to him, all the build-up, like, oh, it turns out you guys were just doing this for the show. Yeah, a lot His of thought people thought that. that. Yeah. He was mad, not because uh, apparently they're not, they don't have that much animosity, he was mad because, in his words, like, he didn't want Conor McGregor to break kayfabe. He wanted him to, you know, continue with his character, even if he knew it was a character, so he could enjoy the fight, and he felt like it was it was sort of being ruined for him by McGregor's, uh, you know, friendliness towards Diaz. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I guess it, it it talks to the point that McGregor basically is just a big character of himself, a character, I should say, of himself, and um, that he hypes himself a lot and maybe when he gets into the moment he turns into a different person I don't know um, but that's I hadn't thought about it like that before hmm interesting from a wrestler's perspective there there, Calvin yeah. um, so I was going to tie it to Randy Orton getting busted open at SummerSlam by a Brock Lesnar elbow but uh I'm thinking, uh, thinking I don't really care to tie to that. Okay, well, but just just to reference that briefly anyway, uh, intentional or unintentional? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Bro- everything Brock Lesnar does is somewhat intentional. I think that he goes aggressive every time. It doesn't matter whether he's in the in the octagon or he's in the WWE ring. I think that he's he's he goes over the line in in everything he does and whether he, I don't know what he said behind the scenes, whether he apologized or whether it was an accident or whether he just owned up to it and said, yeah, I, I went a little too hard. I hit him or what, what it was. I don't know, but I would imagine that it had some intent there and it, it's a, it's a weird line. It, there's a weird line. So for anybody that has no idea what we're talking about in professional wrestling the other night, at SummerSlam, 
Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar uh, were in their match, and Lesnar started hitting him with some some elbows and some fake fists, if you will, because it's wrestling, right? We also appreciate that. Let's just acknowledge what it is. Uh, and one of the, one of the elbows caught Randy Orton in the head and made it look like he was knocked out. I don't know whether he was acting or whether he actually got knocked out, but a second elbow then caught Randy Orton again, and he sort of bleeding profusely while he was laying on the mat. And multiple times, Brock Lesnar went back to him and started sort of pounding on his head again and making it look like he was beating him up after there were medics on him and referees trying to stop him. So the fine line that I'm talking about is where did it go from being part of the storyline, which they don't try, they, they try not to use blood anymore to being a legit mistake that Brock Lesnar was then going over the line for because Orton was legitimate hurt and he was going on the show. I don't know where to draw that line and the way his contract is structured, structured with that company, Calvin, they're not going to say anything about it either. He's just not going to be around for a, a month or so. And when he comes back, they're just going to probably show some clips of it, and they'll dr- write it into the storyline. So you, you're never going to be able to tell where that line was. What do you think? Oh, yeah, at this point it doesn't matter. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I've heard arguments on both sides. Like, do I, I definitely don't think that they intended to cause that much blood. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to think that like the match was supposed to end that quickly, and because then they they followed it up with you know stalling for time with uh, security medical personnel that he had to push away, and then the whole McMahon thing. Uh, I think maybe it was supposed to end with McMahon getting involved in some way, but yeah. I don't think like that's how it was supposed to play out. I just have a hard time believing that. So. Maybe he was meant to be opened up, but like I'm sure they had that discussion. Yeah, I mean, if if he was, but I think that the uh, ferocity of the elbows just took it uh, much further than probably either guy intended. Yeah, man, Brock Lesnar strikes again, and there's our WWE minute here on Careless Whispers. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, that's gonna do it, I think, for us, Calvin. You have anything else you want to say to the people? I hate the effing Eagles, man. Yeah, we're going to have that clip next week promised by Liz. I asked her about it already. She's going to find it for us and figure it out. That clip will be there to use when we're talking about the NFL and how putrid the Eagles hopefully will be. All right, Calvin. Have a good week. All right, buddy. Good night, everyone.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.